Hey everyone, I'm Brenda and I'm Julia, and you're listening to Roaring Twenties Podcast. Your 20s are known as both the most exciting and most confusing years of your life. We're here to share our stories, to have real and raw conversations, and best of all, to make you feel a little less alone. This podcast was brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Roaring 20. Oh my god, there's a hair in my mouth. Ew. <laughs> Yeah. Ew. Okay. Redo. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Roaring Twenties Podcast. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome, welcome. Happy Monday. Happy Monday to you. Oh. You guys, I know this, but me and Julia dance a lot during the pod. We do. I wish maybe one day we'll record it so they can see how much we dance. They really should. I wonder how much we're going to dance when we're back together in person. Oh my god, so much dancing. We always <laughs> shimmy at the end. We shimmy. There's a lot of a shimmying little, little going shimmy on. Guy. If you could just However, close your eyes the beginning. <laughs> and picture a shimmying. <laughs> However, Love. it's the beginning, so... Wow, speaking of dancing really ties into our topic for today. Oh my god, <laughs> it really does. Iconic. Iconic. On Friday, we have... The incredible Noreen Prunier works in the music industry. She has a really cool job that, like, I don't actually know the real title of because I'm totally not involved in that industry at all. But she mm-hmm. works in the industry. She works with songwriting. She's so cool. Like, such a different, unique career. And she was so fun to talk to and let us in yeah. on all the little secrets of the music industry. So, so because we're going to be talking about music and whatnot on Friday, which is a very different thing thing for us. Brenda and I thought we should share a little bit about our backgrounds with entertainment because you've heard us mention here and there that we used to do theater together and you're like what the heck are they talking about so we'll like break it down that part and then also talk a little bit about like how that still plays a role in our lives and like absolutely maybe maybe fun stuff like that. Yeah, no, I think it's going to be fun. We had so much fun talking to Noreen. I remember, I don't even know what we expected going into the conversation because we do know her personally. And granted, we met her when we were pretty young. So she has changed. We've changed. We're different people now. But we just recorded this with Noreen a little bit ago because, you know, us crazy ladies getting ahead (laughs) of ourselves with our scheduling. But I just... We just had such a good time. We were laughing. We It was just so lighthearted and informative. It was the perfect balance. And I know we throw a lot of deep stuff at you guys. So I think you're going to really enjoy this little change in, in tempo. Yeah, yeah. This is going to be like just like a light, fun week. I think we could all use that. There's a lot going on in the world. And it's okay sometimes to have a little have a little lightness, a little laughter yes. um, while continuing to fight injustice. Absolutely. You can do both. Yeah. So, yeah. So this episode is going to be a little different because usually we're talking about like a deep topic but we're really just gonna talk about us yeah you get to learn more about us how exciting how exciting so brenda before we do that what time is it it's time no i'm kidding (laughs) she tried to steal my thunder i tried to steal her thunder but i did it no 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 never it's time for pride and pickle my god she has the best breath support thanks to Wim Hof I could have gone longer but I thought that would be annoying 
as if as if what I just did wasn't super annoying. (laughs) We just want to take a second to thank Dr. Wim Hof. (laughs) He's not a doctor. Oh, I know. (laughs) But it kind of sounds funny like that. Um, But great, great things. Great things, Uh, (laughs) great things. All about the breath work. All about it. Yeah, so my pride this week is that I just feel really on. I feel really on my game. Um, You seem it. Do I? I'm really Mm -hmm. glad you feel that. I really feel on my game. I feel proud of myself because I've throughout my whole life, I feel like, I've had an extreme all or nothing mentality and I'm just learning. I'm like, damn, this is my whole life. Like I, I don't need to be so hard on myself when something doesn't go perfectly. I just need to adjust, learn, grow, and I will still get to a, a goal that I set out to achieve if I just do something different in the next moment. Why harp on myself? Why suffer twice? So I've just like, man trying to roll with that mentality and it's been helpful. So that would be my pride. And my pickle is something so incredibly random. Um, it's that I'm really bad at po- reading political cartoons. They can be confusing. They can be confusing, right? Like, Didn't we I have feel to like do that in high school, though? Didn't we have, yes, like, a we whole did. unit on reading political cartoons? Oh, 100%, because we also had to do those, like, DBQs and all the things. Throwback <laughs> triggered. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I just, I feel like there's been a lot of them going around lately. And also... I've, like, helped my brother with his social studies homework up until before. And I'm like, why Why are these hard for me? <laughs> so Wait, where just, are you seeing these political ex- cartoons? Like, in the news? Or on, like, social like, media? on Instagram and stuff, uh-huh. I guess. But but I also, I specifically recognize, I'm like, oh my god, I'm not really great at these. When I was helping Victor with his social studies homework. But now school is over. <laughs> you can practice. Yeah, oh, absolutely. It's so random, but it's just, it's what I thought of in this moment in time. <laughs> That's okay. That's great. I'm happy for you. And, Julia, what's your pride and pickle? My pride and pickle is, my pride is that I gave Ghost a bath just a moment ago. And for the first time in her whole little doggy life, she did not try to escape the whole time. So that's a win, win, win. Win, win, win. Usually the bathroom is completely drenched in water she's trying to escape the whole time it's a whole shebang she doesn't like the water but she just sat there kind of petrified still instead of trying to escape so it was definitely better oh my god that's my ghosty auntie loves you auntie loves you ghost she looks very beautiful and smells very clean so she's she's really stepping up her game we're we're proud over here that's my pride my pickle is um well of course social injustice and um but on a less important pickle note i um i have been getting a lot of hmm, how do i put this I have been getting a lot of Instagram requests from um, sugar daddies looking for a sugar baby. I've gotten about five in the past week. I'm confused Uh, as to, number one, how they are finding me. Number two, why they think I would be interested in in such an arrangement. And number three, like, what did I do that attracted them all to me within this past week? Like, I haven't posted something on Instagram in months other than, like, stories. There's this one picture of you with a hoop earring and a tank top. And... A, a lovely, like, lifted cleave, and I just think you look like... <sighs> oh, so am I know. giving off a sugar baby vibe? No, just, so I'm totally kidding. I do love that image of you, though. But, but, why, uh, why are they coming to my profile today? I have no idea. How does the algorithm work 
I don't know how they're finding What me. qualifies you as a sugar baby? If anybody knows out there. Like, let me know. I have used no, maybe, but, like, I have used no hashtags. <laughs> I have used no, like, find me sugar daddy. Like, nothing. I don't know. They just keep sliding into my DMs. So interesting. Honestly, extremely interesting because they obviously exist, like, actual mm-hmm. sugar daddies. And I'm just curious, how do you distinguish between the real and the fake i know most of them say like loyal loyal real i don't know and for anybody you know no 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 shame to any sugar babies out there you do what you gotta do it's just not for from for me right now yeah i just wonder like maybe it's i don't know like again no shame at all just like how does the recruitment process work right that's what i mean is a weird word i didn't mean to use that (laughs) but like how does the search you know Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't really know, okay. but yeah. So um, if you're listening, sugar daddies, I'm not interested. Thank you, though. Yes, Flattered. thank you. Thank you for your time. Flattered. Flattered. A hoop earring. A hoop earring. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> so, Brenda, how do we want to kick this off? Um, hmm. I Ooh. think a good place. Huh. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. I think a good place to start would be just sharing, like, a little bit of our background of how we got involved in entertainment do it okay amazing all right let's see what was your first ever show uh i was in a cabaret at the stage theater slash merrick theater my audition song i was clearly always very unprepared in life because (laughs) my friend nicole weitzman who is like pursuing acting as a uh, broadway and all the things acting musical theater as a career right now has always been like on her freaking shit from day one of being a child in this in this industry. I, on the other hand, like, she auditioned with Tomorrow. She probably had a freaking Annie wig that she brought in her back pocket. Wow. I auditioned with Hey Now by Hilary Duff. Oh, yes, I've unknowingly. heard So, incredible. <laughs> incredible. But I think that's I, a great audition song. Why, thank you so much. You're and, yeah, then I, I, in all seriousness, I started at the Merrick Theater, and I really... I didn't really, I I was always super shy before then, and I feel like getting involved in this space gave me a kind of, I don't know if I would use the word confidence, just like, it allowed me to kind of be someone else, and granted, I was really little, but I still took it really seriously, and I remember when I started getting some, like, lead roles, it did give me a lot of, Mm. like, it did build my confidence, like, it did Mm -hmm. make me feel capable and talented, and it made me shift from being super shy to kind of really loving being on stage so I remember it was really validating to get any roles whatsoever and just feeling like somebody else believed in me and saw talent was was a really nice feeling and I still remember that now even though I was a wee toddler no it wasn't really a toddler even even like from when we started growing up but my first show was a cabaret first solo I think I sang like Beauty and the Beast from Beauty and the Beast oh sweet well they do say that like the i mean theater is like such a great thing for kids because it does it takes you out of your shell it, it you're public speaking you're up on stage in front of people you can't really hide on stage like that mm-hmm. was something that i always loved about i mean and still love about acting which is why i continue to do it as my actual career is like sometimes we hide ourselves as we are but when you're on stage you're playing someone else so you yeah. can you be a hundred percent yourself as that person and there's nowhere to hide and and I think it's a great like it's a great um confidence building thing and then when you get into the professional world it completely rips your confidence away but we'll get to that oh later. my god we'll totally touch on that <laughs> Ju, how'd you start 
Yeah, I just, um, I was in dancing school because my mom was a dancer, so she she had put me in dance class since I was very little, like three. And then I think when I was like in elementary school, I had seen a production of Peter Pan at like a community theater, and I was like, that, like that is it. So I like went home, I told my mom I didn't want to be a dancer, I wanted to be an actor. I was at like age like seven or six maybe, and then yeah and I told her I wanted to be in acting class and I wanted to be in a show so she she signed me up we found this stage and that's where me and Brenna met even though Brenna oh no we met did we meet in Peacemakers or did we meet the stage no we met in Peacemakers we you, did that's how we did you forget how we met because we told this in episode no, one. no no go back and listen to episode one we met in Peacemakers but our real friendship formed at the stage theater yes. in Merrick where we both did community theater when we were little kitties little kids oh so cute yeah so cute and how i'm trying to think about how that like julie and i also mentioned that we went to high school together which is where we were involved in a drama program it was more i don't really know what to call it you describe it so much better than i do but it was you know you had to audition to get into the program and it was definitely more intense i feel like kind of laid out in the way college programs are to an extent yeah it definitely set me up for being a theater major in college yeah like way more involved we had to stay after class we were involved in painting the sets and building the sets and did a bunch of shows a year and all that good stuff but at the time in high school at least I really thought that I was gonna pursue musical theater to an extent because it had always been the biggest part of my identity and honestly I'm literally speaking about this in the moment I haven't even like thought about this but being a singer being a performer was a huge part of my identity like I feel like people Mm -hmm. used to see me as oh Brenda the girl that can sing the girl that does theater and it's so funny because I don't think anyone sees me as that anymore it's like totally not a part of my identity but it was and when it came to deciding how what to pursue for school I think I honestly (laughs) was I don't want to say used to because that's not the right word I feel like growing up a lot of my confidence in the performing world was built up because I just happened to fit what people were looking for for lead roles then when I got to high school and I was like oh god nobody's casting me in anything um nobody sees me as like this role or this role and I just like let that define so much of how I saw myself in a performing type of space Mm -hmm. and definitely my parents have always been super supportive but I think coming from a more traditional type of background they were worried of what would come if I ended up pursuing that so I think a combination of those things of feeling like okay I don't think anyone as much as I care for this program and all the things I don't think anyone really believes I'm talented enough to pursue this as a career so what else can I do so oh I think you're talented enough you're so sweet too (laughs) he's so talented guys oh my god well thank you but yeah so then I kind of decided okay well that's not gonna work out it didn't work out in high school so like what am I gonna do and I'm saying it very lightly but at the time it was hard and especially when it was a really big part of my identity so it's definitely shifted things are allowed to change and after Julia talks I guess a little bit about her experience in high school and how that kind of shaped what she ended up doing in college I'll tell you guys a little bit later on how music and entertainment impacted my college career 
Yeah, because it did. Because it, it's you can't really escape. I I think the thing about being an artist, either whether it's professionally or just deep in your core, I don't think you can escape it. I think it's something that you're born with this heightened sense of like creativity or willingness to play. And I don't I don't think that it's something that we can just. I think a lot of times people do distinguish that flame or like you know try to squish all the oxygen out of it. But I don't think that it's possible I think that there's always going to be a little flame burning inside if if you're called to be a creator especially with music I feel like it's that that follows you everywhere you go and yeah I mean I I like how you kind of wow we're gonna get we're getting way deeper to the into this than I thought this I conversation know. was gonna I, go right now we just have a problem we have a problem but like I have Why some I have light? a couple of funny questions to bring it back at the end to ask you but we'll get back okay, to this because this is important because following a career path and I'm glad that you brought this up like following a career path in the arts in the entertainment entertainment industry as well as like you could say like entrepreneurship or blah 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 like there's no steady there's no guarantee so it is one of those things where it's like hmm do you take the risk and follow this passion or do you go down a more realistic route and we've seen because we went to this like performing arts program in high school we saw you know some people chose to say fuck it and pursue it and some people chose to go down a more I don't know traditional route which I don't even like that word because I feel like being an artist is traditional I went to, yeah you no know, I went to the I went to school for it I have totally. a degree in it like there are steps it's I don't know what word to use I don't know either but neither is wrong and neither is right and I think it's a, something that probably a lot of people come up against whether even if it's not in like the entertainment world of like do I follow this passion that I have whatever that may be for you or do I do something that either seems more stable or more secure or that my parents think is best or that other people think is best and that's really that's really hard and I was very very lucky that I had very supportive parents parents that were like you absolutely can do this and if you want to do it do it and we're going to be here to support you and like I know that that is like a super privilege and like I'm super lucky that I have those parents because I I can imagine without that support that it would be way harder to follow follow a passion like that. Definitely. And can we just briefly discuss how hard it is to make such a big decision as to what you think you want to pursue as a career for the rest of your life? When you're 17 years old? Like, hello? Like, who decided yeah, no. that? <laughs> yeah, absolutely freaking not. And that's why we're learning in our in this whole Roaring Twenties thing is that like, when when you make that decision in high school and then go to college for something and then come out of college, it probably looks different. Yeah, and that it's okay to look different. And it's totally okay. And I don't know, I, it is such a hard, it's such a hard thing. And like, I think when it comes to pursuing a career in something that is like entertainment, it's a lot less about talent and a lot more about perseverance. So I, it crushes me to hear you say that like you weren't talented enough because you are talented enough. There are so many unbelievably talented people out there and like the people that have all the accolades right now are I promise you not the most talented people in the world it's just perseverance it's and it's a lot of luck and hard work definitely and honestly if I'm being real with you I don't know if at the time I don't know if I would have had the perseverance either like if I would have said yes a few years ago I don't know that I would could honestly confidently say today that I would have had the perseverance then could I possibly quit my job today and have the perseverance maybe 
maybe today yeah but i definitely didn't have it a few years ago and i i deeply admire and respect everyone who took the route obviously including yourself i try and tell you as often as possible but it's just i i am not even there and i know it's hard so i i respect everyone that that does that and it's it's such a such a beautiful thing like there is not a time where i haven't been to a show to a concert to there's just so much magic involved in music and acting and i think as we got older and got to high school i just found a lot more magic in the acting part like i was always singing and like playing a little princess and like Mm -hmm. all this stuff and then i was like there's, there's like something beyond this And I think that's the cool twist was that actually when I started talking to Julia more about it and when I was like, oh my God, like she's really good. Like, why did she? We used to practice our monologues in a circle. And every time (laughs) I'd watch Julia, I would be like, fuck, like that's what it's supposed to be like. So in all seriousness, (laughs) it is jokey, but it's just like. Julia really taught me, I don't even know if she knows this, but like about that acting is such an important piece. And maybe people should know that already that are in this industry, but there's just something so different that I didn't see in acting until later on in my journey. And it's there's just something so cool about being able to tell a story and having other people really, really believe you and you believing yourself and mm-hmm. having them feel something as a result. So it's really cool. Yeah, I mean, that's the whole point, at least for me, of like empathetic connection and sharing stories. And that's what brings people together and it opens people's hearts and opens people's minds. And that's what I love about it. And I think that that's how, that's why my, I've been working very hard to separate my purpose from my career. But I have discovered that my career is the perfect vehicle for my purpose. So that's been really enlightening and very exciting. Oh, but I wanted to go back to like that thing about that we can't really squash creativity if we're, if we are creative people and that doesn't always have to come in career. Like you can choose a different, let's say you're this insanely creative person or this talented person or you have this draw to the arts that doesn't have to be your career and you don't have to totally squash it look brenda like you are an inherently creative person and yeah did you not pursue the acting route the musical theater route you didn't but like look now you're making this podcast and this is a source of creative outlet so i just think that like it's gonna show up in different places if you are a creative person you're going to find outlets for creativity and i think that it's so important and it might just look a little different than you in imagined it to be definitely and I I do recognize that it's it's totally hard to squash I think you you try to and you're like oh but I'm not meant to do that or I've probably mentioned this before but like a part of me has really felt like I'm not allowed to do these things because I didn't take the hard a, a difficult route to pursue this as a career and didn't undergo all this stuff and don't undergo the daily rejection in those aspects so to me sometimes it's hard to like express even my love for this because mm-hmm. I don't feel like I'm like worthy of feeling love for something I didn't work hard enough for you, you absolutely know? are worthy thank you art is for everybody that's the that's, that's the, the idea point, huh? of it like that's the point art is for everybody whether it's music or visual art or theater or film it's for everybody it's the oldest ritual that our that we as a civilization has is art yeah. and it started as religious dancing and it started as dancing for rain and for animals and and it's evolved but it is the oldest thing that we as a civilization civilization across Every culture, race, country, gender, everybody has art. And it's for everybody. It's not just for the makers of it. It's not just for the studiers of it. It's for everybody. What a beautiful, uniting 
statement. Oh my gosh, she's great. Julia, oh, I am kind of emotional, I'm not gonna lie. And Julia always brings it back to me and is so considerate, but this is so close to her. So I'm curious, Drew, was there ever a moment where you considered not pursuing acting and what ultimately drove you to deciding, like, to either being like, of course I'm pursuing it. Like, what was that? What was that like for you? Um, every single day I want to quit <laughs> because it's really fucking hard, but, uh, no, not every single day. Many a days I want to quit because it's really hard, but that is like a fake quit because I, there's this thing when, I don't know, I don't know, I could, I could never not do it. It's, it's, and it's not something I like chose. It's just something that I know, like I could never not do it. I can also do other things, but I could never not do it. And I don't really know how to explain it better than that. And then like when I... It's making me emotional for some reason. I know, she's literally crying. It's insane. Um, When I uh, worked with Daryl recently to get clarity on my purpose, you guys heard Daryl a couple weeks ago. He's amazing. Everybody should go and sign up for, um, to work with him. He's amazing. When I worked with Daryl a few weeks ago, getting clear on my purpose, it was even clearer to me and to him. And I was scared going in. I was a little scared because he didn't know I was an actor. Like we did our podcast, but he didn't know what my other job was. And I was scared going in being like, I'm an actor, you know, because there's a lot of clout and trope and whatnot that comes around that and it became very clear that you know we we distinguished my purpose and it was separate from my from my career but it became very clear that like yes this career is the vehicle for this purpose one of maybe many but yeah I don't know that I, I never I never thought of not not pursuing it like after high school into college into real life because one it's like what I've always done like I've always done this and like yeah I just I know that I couldn't not do it even if I tried I know something would pull me back it's like a drug totally no absolutely and I think that's so cool Seriously, and then I think you, I try and tell you as much as I can that you work really hard and Thanks, and, that, and good things come to people who work who work hard for things yes, they, they love. Do. Um, I want to hear about how you tried to escape, but music followed you into college yeah. and beyond. And beyond. So going into college, I think in episode, mm, I'm not sure which episode. I want to say episode seven and eight uh when we had ashley on and we talked a little bit about the beginning of college i alluded a little bit to my first semester at quinnipiac being hard i wanted to love college but i just felt like i didn't really have a place to fit in so i tried to find a million places to fit in and a big piece of it was that i joined clubs and and organizations that later became a really big part of my life a really big thing that proved to me where my leadership capabilities are but really felt like I was missing music like I was involved in music to some capacity or literally every freaking capacity throughout my whole life and it just felt so hard and then I got to college and I'd auditioned for the acapella group which was the only acapella group on campus it was really small and so they didn't have that many people that they accepted and I remember getting rejected I don't really think I expected to like be in or anything but I think it was really crushing because there weren't any other opportunities and it kind of further solidified the whole you're not talented enough type of thought so I was pretty upset when I went home my first semester I was like "Mm, I don't really know what's gonna happen I don't feel at home here I love my roommates I don't want to leave I didn't even see leaving as an option but I knew I wasn't happy and on my way on my drive home from from school I got a text from the president the current president at the time her name was Yara and she had said like hey like we really loved your audition 
at the beginning of the semester and like someone's going abroad and we'd really love to offer you a spot in the group and I was like yes like this is incredible and yeah ultimately the music program at the school is super small but at the point when I graduated it's gotten so much bigger and I did everything I could to like invest as much time and energy into the program especially in my more senior years Mm -hmm. at the school and yeah we did a lot of really great things it was so important to me such a big part of my life and I still think about those individuals in in my acapella group because they were just so special to me I I seriously like I I think about them so much because they just like saw me as this they would always call me superwoman and it seems like such a silly (laughs) thing to say but it was like the most validating thing ever because I felt like out of all these different people in this group of like 24 people they all just like saw me for who I was like they saw me for my heart they appreciated the talent in me they like just believed I was capable of a lot of things that I hadn't felt I was for a while Mm. so they hold such a special place in my heart and we did some great things in school so couldn't get rid of it (laughs) art allows you to do that it does and it was a different type of art too yeah. yeah, and I, and it wasn't like theater, it was, I don't know, acapella is different. And it, it was just like a cool, different exposure. And I started, that's also when I, with Noreen on Friday, when she had asked me to join her and singing backup for her at one of her concerts when she was a singer-songwriter. And that was just super briefly a quick time because I'd always been on stage as someone else, like in theater. And it was the first time I ever got to perform as myself and like mm-hmm. be someone's backup singer as Brenda. And then I started doing some songwriting on my own. Noreen helped me so much and I ended up releasing some songs and it was just different. Like I tried approaching it differently. I'm like, oh my God, like what if I tried being myself for a little while? But uh, yeah, that's really that. And she still sings and she still does some theater on the side for fun once in a while and just goes to show. You don't have to give it up. That's just because you didn't choose to make a career out of it. That's so true. You know? In anything. In anything, right. It doesn't just go for for theater or film or whatever or music. It goes for, for literally anything. Like, you know, I don't know. Totally. It goes for absolutely anything. And what would you say was the most, like, impactful experience you've had as an actor? Huh. That shaped your, like that further solidified your desire to pursue it professionally and then like maybe also your favorite moment in an actual job thus far whoa hard question Brenda yeah Um, I'm just like full of it I think my kind of defining moment actually happened when I was like eight years old or nine years old we my very 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 first show at our community theater at the stage was Fiddler on the Roof I played Hava and the the opening night I got the flu 103 fever, throwing up, blah, blah, blah. I was like a little itty bitty eight year old, but I was like, there is no way that I am not going on stage tonight. I worked really hard. I have a cast that is relying on me and I said I would be there and I'm gonna be there. And I did, I went, I threw up in between scenes in the wings and I made it through. And I, there was just, it was like that thing of knowing of like, I know that I have to be there. There is no way I will not be there. And it's like, I feel like I've always kind of carried that. That has been like a theme throughout of like, I know I have to do this. There's no way I'm not doing this. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. What was the second question? Wow. No, that's that's so... Damn. Little Julia, the show must go on. show must go on. My team is relying on me. She had all of the things down. <laughs> um, <laughs> 
The second question was your favorite moment in your professional career thus far. My favorite moment in my professional career? Hmm. I don't know, Brenda. That's hard. That's okay. Oh my god, that's okay. Don't worry. I think when it comes to like the per- like my professional career, everything I've tr- I try to take everything as a win because it's so um, far and few between, and it's so exhausting that I try to take like everything as a win and like I don't know if I can really I I don't know if I've had like something that has like totally stood out yet I think like finding community has been really great and like celebrating all the wins no I I think it's important seriously because I think a lot of people find themselves in situations whether it's being an actor or just in a place where they're pursuing something they're passionate about and it's freaking hard to especially when you're so hard on yourself and you're a perfectionist in the way that you are yeah. I think it's such an interesting combination it's a really difficult pair um yeah yeah but most of us are that stood out to me in my yeah and I just had this moment that stood out to me I was like what is I was thinking about it. I was like what is, is a moment that like defined things for me because I was like what made me yeah, realize like besides working with Julia that or like listening and watching Julia that made me realize certain things. And I remember, I think I was 15. I remember what I was wearing. I remember it was at the Metropolitan Room. And I had this cabaret show and all of my friends came. And I said, yeah, yeah, we chased song. John Mayer down the block before the yes, show. Yes, yes. <laughs> and I had, I, I sang this song, Pretty Funny from Dogfight. And it was the first time I feel like I ever actually embodied a character and actually like, which seems so silly because you're like, bitch, you old. Like, why haven't you done that yet? But it was like the first time I really felt something during a performance. And like, I felt like everyone around me felt it too. Not that I was being a phony bitch before then, (laughs) but I just felt like I was so honest and I felt like everybody felt the same. And I remember Ashley, um, I remember Julia was super sweet too, but I remember Ashley came up to me. We're so freaking honest with each other. And sometimes like the only, we have such a great and supportive group of friends and me and Ashley are just like in a silly way, hard on each other. And she like looked at me and she's like, dude, you actually cried. Like those were like, we don't do that. We don't do that. (laughs) And it just made me laugh so much because I'm like, you're so right. Like me and her just like would sing for the fun of it and do this and this for the fun of it. But it was, I just really felt something. And I was like, damn, like there is more to this. So, um, it's empathy. Yeah. I just, I just remember that moment so well, but it's, it's so special and it really connects people in such a beautiful way. I, all of our greatest friends, a majority of our greatest friends are through theater to some capacity, even if they're not pursuing it any longer. Yeah. Well, I think that people that have a calling to this, whether it's as a kid or as a professional or later on, like, I think that people that have a calling to the performing arts in particular have a kind of vast capacity for empathy. And I think that, you know, we're attracted to the people that are like us and that have same, the same ideals and morals as we do. And I think that's something that has you know why we've had these like very long lasting friendships with these people is that we're all kind of similar in this like uh, we have this this uh deep canvas for for empathy and I think that that is a very big part of someone's personality when you have that piece so it it is not surprising to me that like we still have the friends that we have because we all kind of share that commonality Definitely. And that's such an interesting way to put it because this whole time I'm like, oh my gosh, I think about our friends now and I'm like, oh my God, none of them, none of them even think about that anymore or or some of them do. But anyway, it's funny that it all started that way and that just, that makes so much sense. And it's been cool too now that we're older to 
connect with people that we did when we were younger or even now someone like Lona who's super special to us who is a podcast listener of ours and bought a mug (laughs) you um if you haven't gone to our roaring 20s merch website definitely do we've been getting wow just plug that in (laughs) um but it's been really cool because it's like people that have been our teachers now have like little kids that we share the stage with or I don't know it's just it's a really beautiful family that's so cute so sweet um, I want to know, Brenda, what was your, in, when back, back in the day, when we did childhood theater together, community theater, or even in high school, was there any particular costume that you just felt absurd in? Yeah, I would be, um, unfortunately, really unfortunately, my senior year of high school, um, I didn't, <laughs> listen, this is, this is gonna come off shitty, and it's not how I mean it, right? It's not that I had an expectation, I just had big dreams and my dreams did not turn out anywhere close to where it was where I thought they may. Um, (laughs) I ended up in a costume that was a two piece um, and in a scene, my head was cut off. So that was my starring moment in my senior high school. Oh, incredible. I'm so happy Nobody knew who I was. No, I knew. But Julia knew. I was sitting in the audience and I knew. Julia knew. It's like um, that head, that rolling head, Brenda. And then this one time in Alice in Wonderland, they didn't have like an actual part for me and they felt bad. So they made me this like mystical mermaid that definitely doesn't exist in the show. And <laughs> I had no mermaid. I had a terrible, terrible, terrible wig. I've always had a bad wig. I just have a terrible shaped head. All the love <laughs> to me, but I just have a weird shaped head and that's all right. That's all right. I feel <laughs> like I cool. have memories of you in some bad wigs. Oh, 100%. People think it's funny to, t- to mess with my head shape. <laughs> and, like, literally, we know, like, the same man that works at the theater now that literally I just did a show last year, uh, a few months ago, and I said to him, remember, before he gave me a wig, remember, I have a weird head. And he's like, oh, honey, I know. Remember. Like, he remembers. Like, he knows me as Brenda with a weird head. Oh, my God, <laughs> what a trademark. I know, unfortunately. You can make hats out of that. Listen, no hats fit me. So you mean I would customize? Maybe yeah. I'll, maybe I'll take that to Shark Tank. Nobody take it. <laughs> Nobody steal Nobody it. Nobody take my Shark Tank idea. <laughs> I just, like, really um, wonder if people are going to think that we're just, like, real theater nerds after this I episode. just don't think we are. Like, I feel like we're coming off of <laughs> But we're not like, oh, this one time I saw Wicked and, like, the lighting design, I started sobbing. And, like, no shame if you love that. And no, literally no (laughs) shame, but I just don't think we're coming off that way. Even when you said the, like, what connects us people, like, having that piece of, of... of theater and empathy and and all the things i don't think any of our friends come off as theater nerds really no no you know what i mean and how will (laughs) theater nerds not be upset (laughs) hold on i want to share something over here but she bringing a prop oh my gosh she's actually bringing a prop i love this book and i think that this is great for anybody that is is a creative or is a creative person, like, that That can mean a million things. It's called The War of Art by Stephen Presserfield. It's literally one of my favorite books, and I just want to read a little quote about creativity that he has in here. Why can't we just be funny? Like, why do we need to... We can't. We literally can't be funny. We're like, love, we're like, guys, we're going to be funny. Just kidding. Here's a quote, and here's an in-depth <laughs> analysis of my shame and guilt and fear. Of your like, psyche. What? <laughs> I just love this because I have an acting coach that I 
very 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 much adore Anthony? and yeah and he his thing is always really reminding us that like why we do this we do this because like we love it because we were those kids that made up you know crazy scenarios in the house and played pretend with all of our might and truly believed it and so he's very much about you know reminding us that that's what being an actor is about which is great because um the industry can really tear you down but i just this quote always reminds me of him and i love it in thinking about that like we have that little fire inside of us and many people do and and that the spark is different for everybody but the quote is it's from john lee hooker from boogie chillin and it's one night i was laying down i heard papa talking to mama i heard papa say to let that boy boogie woogie because it's in him and it's got to come out can't extinguish that flame oh my god that made me emotional too <laughs> we have to sign yeah, off because Brennan is just crying. Quiet. We just have to cry all the time. Brennan, this was supposed to be a light-hearted episode. <laughs> Something's terribly wrong. She's literally cried since we started back. Listen, the one with Noreen on Friday is funny. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> and like I've cried like not even about me. Like like Julia talks about her love for acting, and I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we really went down a deeper route with this than we thought we were going to. Okay, anyway, Berta, since you've been crying for the past hour, I think we should wrap it up. All right. So glad this was such a lighthearted episode. Noreen's, I promise, on Friday is really fun and lighthearted. This just got a little too deep. We always seem to go there, bud. We always do. It's it's just part of our chemistry. (laughs) It's part. It's just, it comes out. But anyway, before... Before we go, as promised, we're continuing to share either a resource or a person, book, place, thing that has either inspired us or taught us something around the Black Lives Matter movement. So, Brenda, will you share ours for the week? Yes. So, um, Sarah Mian, Sarah M-I-A-N, shared a bunch of books and resources to educate yourself on Black oppression, injustice, and everyday experiences that you can read, watch, listen, and learn. So, some books are The Skin We're In, How to Be, and anti-racist me and white supremacy so you want to talk about race so the two that i have in my cart right now not my cart sorry my audible credits uh, i put towards so you want to talk about race and uh, me and white supremacy so definitely check those out for netflix they have 13th which i've heard a lot of great things about and I think I actually watched it in a sociology class as well. Uh, yeah, I need to see that. I just need, I just, whew, I know I'm going to be a mess. So I haven't been yeah, in the right state yet to do sure. it. Yeah, for sure. And then an Amazon Prime film slash series a suggestion is roots amazing so i'll link all of those in the show notes please continue to educate yourself don't stop fighting for justice and equality and we love you guys take care of yourselves as well and we will see you all on friday friday goodbye everybody Thanks for listening to Roaring Twenties Podcast. Be sure to rate and review wherever you get your podcasts and please subscribe. You're never alone. Our pride sticks together. Tune in every Monday and Friday for new episodes of Roaring Twenties Podcast. You get to start your week with us and end your week with us. With With love, Brenda and Julia. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.
You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.